Well, a Christian greeting to everyone, and a welcome to to uh, everyone <coughs> to this uh, part of the service. Those that came in late, glad to see you, and glad to have you here. I would like to uh, make a, an announcement. Uh, it may be a little bit on the lighter side, but... Uh, I thought yesterday's wedding was a real nice wedding, and I thanked Daryl and told him that they had a real nice wedding yesterday. We enjoyed it very much. And uh, while we were in the basement this morning, uh, I heard something, and I, I just had to laugh, and it's, I'm still laughing on the inside. You know how that feels when you're just, you've got something, seems like you've got to get it out or it's going to hurt you. You know. Well, and this is not talking down on anyone, you know, but while we were sitting there and talking about the wedding a little bit, James said that, yeah, one of uh, Jared's uh, brothers came in and, and he was drunk. Well, what kind of a wedding is this, you know? And then Keith said, no. He wasn't drunk. He just had a stroke, and that's the way he walks. <laughs> I just, I just had to laugh, you know. <laughs> I mean, James said it in all good, good conscience, I believe. <laughs> so, as I was thinking of this wedding, you know, in my time, things were a lot different than what it is today. Uh, when the people talk about going and asking, the, the, the boyfriend goes and asks the father or the mother whether they could date their daughter. You know, I never, get, I never gave it a thought that I should ask anybody whether I could date Martha. You know, we just saw each other and kind of liked each other, and uh, the story began, you know. <laughs> and, and then to get married, do the same thing. And I was thinking, now what if they would have said no? What would I have done? That would, that would be a real dilemma, you know what? If they'd say no. And uh, so my wife said that, she told me different times, I was telling her this morning that when we were dating, she, she told me that her mother really likes me, you know. Well. What was the need of going and asking her if she already liked me, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and my parents, I don't know. I guess I never really asked them if I could get married. You know, I just figured they knew I was old enough to know what I was doing, you know? And uh, so we did it. And in, in our time, when people got married, they would go to the preachers and tell them, you know, they want to get married. So the preacher would get up, and he'd announce that this couple wants to get married, and two weeks later, there was a wedding, you know. I mean, that was just a normal practice. Why do it differently? But today, I think things are different, you know. I, I appreciate the way that the youth are encouraged to, uh, to ask and uh, pray and... Now, you have to remember 
at the time that we got married, we were not Christians. So these, a lot of these things didn't matter to us. You know, it, it wasn't a big deal. You know, but we became Christians after we were married. I was, I was uh, 22 years old when I became a Christian. Born again, washed in the blood, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, enough of that. I'd like to get into, into the message. How many remember what I preached in my last sermon that I preached here? Okay, there we have one, two. Okay, it was the Lord's prayer. The disciples asked him in Luke chapter 11, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. We, we would like to know how to pray. Teach us to pray. And so Jesus said, this is the way to pray. When you pray. And so he told them. Gave them that, what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Now, how many know the Lord's Prayer by heart? Okay, if we stand and I ask one of you to lead in prayer, would you do that? Say that prayer by heart? Would you be afraid of that? Okay, it's up there. Okay. <laughs> what if I asked you to close your eyes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. Okay, we're going to say that prayer together, and we want to say it loud enough so that it annoys your neighbor, the person you sit by. You say it loud enough so that it annoys them. So let's stand together and annoyingly say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. You sound real good. You may be seated. <coughs> Okay, going over to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to see a little more of this prayer that Jesus taught us. And if we look at uh, verses 7 and 8, I'd like to read that. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So if God already knows what we have need of, what's the use of asking him anyhow? Why should we ask him if he knows it? Another thing that we need to get over, it's a myth that is abroad today, and that is this saying that it is selfish to ask things for ourselves. 
It's selfish when we ask God for things that have to do with ourselves. Some people think you should always be praying for other people. Is that a myth? Is it selfish? I think we need to get over the fact and agree that it is not selfish to pray for yourself. In fact, part of the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is like a sandwich. You know, like when you have a big hamburger, I mean, some of them are huge, and some of them are not so huge, but you have the two buns on the outside and then the hamburger on the inside. Well, that's a little bit the way that the Lord's Prayer is, is fixed for us, and that is, in the beginning, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's praise. Then in the end it says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. So on the top of, of this meat on the inside, there are, are thoughts of praise to God. And we should always remember that. Pra praise is a part of our worship to God. Now, remember the last time that I preached, I said that we are all a family of God. We call God our Father. And, it, and actually, in the Greek, it means we, we would say Daddy, just like we do in a family. And we are one huge family. One family. So then it comes to the point where we petition God. We ask God. In fact, the middle hamburger or the meat on the inside is mostly about us. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's mostly about us. It's not so much about other people as it is about us, about me. That's seemingly strange in our vocabulary in the Christian economy, you know. We don't pray so much for ourselves or us. But it looks like Jesus is telling us not what we should pray, but how we should pray. So he wants us to, he wants us to petition him, and that means to ask. If we know that he is listening when we make our requests in 1 John 5.15, we can be sure that he will give us what we ask for. Now, how many of us are really sure, I mean absolutely sure, that what we ask for God is going to give? Without a doubt, we are convinced that God is going to give us, is going to answer our prayer. Now, will he always give us exactly what we ask for? Maybe not. But God does answer our prayer in one way or another. He answers our prayer. Okay, let's look at this a little farther. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Now there's been people that have a lot of, of uh, what should I, what word can I use here? Uh, have a lot, made a lot over this thy kingdom come. And some people think it's so much 
thy kingdom come, but that we really don't, can't live the Sermon on the Mount today. That's for the kingdom age. So we really can't expect to live the Sermon on the Mount. Now I think, and if you agree with me, that's all right. If not, it's all right too. But I think if the Lord, if, if the Sermon on the Mount isn't for us today, then we fail a lot in our Christian life. We should be able, by the power of Jesus Christ, to live the Sermon on the Mount today. We are empowered by His Spirit to live that way. And it's not for another time. It's not for another age. It's for now. Thy kingdom come. Let's look at that a little bit. Jesus said that the kingdom of God does not come with observations. But the kingdom of God is within you. And that we should pray, thy kingdom come. Now how are we going to have this kingdom come into the hearts or, or in our life today? And we say, oh yeah, Lord, Lord, come. And when you come, you bring that sword with you. Because the, this world has really got some bad people in it. And you bring your sword with you when you come. Because you can get rid of those bad people. And not just in the world, world are there bad people, but I've got some bad people in my life. So bring that sword. Just get rid of them. That's a nasty thought, isn't it? That we would like for Jesus to get rid of the bad people in our life. No, they need to get saved. That's what needs to happen. Thy kingdom needs to come. How does the kingdom come? The kingdom comes whenever someone becomes a Christian. The kingdom is coming to that person. He brings it right down. The kingdom of God is within you. That's what it says. So how else can we interpret those things? There is no other way. The kingdom of God is right within us. Okay, what's he say next? Oh, this is a hard one. Are there any filters in the way that we ask God for something? Are there any filters in praying? Now, when I think about a filter, I think about a neighbor that I had when I was growing up, lived on the right side of us on our farm, and had another one on the left side. And he had his farm. The young man living on the right side worked for the man on the left side. And he would help him milk. And when people were milking back in my times, they didn't have these pipelines and milk coolers. They had these large cans. What were, what were they? Probably 50-gallon uh, cans or something like that. Maybe 10. Okay, whatever. Thank you. And, and they'd have this big uh, screen, screener on the top of the milk can, and they'd have these uh, filters in there. And when the cows had mastitis or the milk was dirty, straw or hay or anything got in it, it, it just filtered that milk before it went down into 
the big can. Well, this neighbor on the right side, he was working for this man on the left side. So he was carrying the milk from the cows that uh, the man got from the cows, and he put it in, a, in the milker can, and he carried it over and dumped it, dumped it into the, the filter uh, container there. And the milk just, want, just didn't want to go down because the cow had mastitis. And so it got thick, and it wouldn't go down. So what did he do? He reached down in there and pulled the filter up a little bit, and down went the milk. He thought he was really doing a good job. But it was a mistake. Because when you get, when they test your milk at the factory, they'll say that this milk has got mastitis in it. And it just didn't work. So it's not that kind of a filter. But God has a filter for us. And he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So he is thinking that all of God's children should know the Lord's will. There are many people today that ask, how can I really know God's will? How can I really know what God wants me to do? I think God wants us to walk so close with him, read the Bible, fellowship with Christians, do those things that please him, that we automatically know his will. Now, there are a lot of people today that know what to do, but they don't do it. God doesn't want that from us. If we know what to do it, Bang, you do it. Don't mess around. Because if you mess around, you'll lose it. But if you know God's will, do it. Do it. Don't even question if you know what's right to do. A lot of people question. They question, well, you know, I would like to do this over here, and over here is God's will. So which one is going to win? Am I going to win? Or is God going to win? We often have to make decisions like that. Which one do I want? What I want or what God wants? Jesus, when, if you do those, ask the right questions, you're in good company because Jesus did the same thing. When he came to the cross, he said, Jesus, I mean God, Father, take this away from me. I, I really don't want to go there. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That's what we need to do. To know God's will. We need to have that. There's another scripture in John 17, uh, 7, 17. It says like this. If any man, any person, will to do his will, he shall know the doctrine whether I speak of myself or whether I speak about God. Jesus said that. Now, if any man will, if you will, if it's in your heartfelt will to do the will of God, Jesus said that you shall know the doctrine. You'll have a good understanding of what God wants in your life. If you will. I think there are many people today that don't will to do the will of God. You've got to have a willing heart to do the will of God. God's not going to lead you if you're not willing. If you're not willing to do whatever God tells you to do, how can God help us if I'm not willing? If you will to do his will, 
You shall know the doctrine. John 7, 17. Read it. In Mark 1, 14, it says, Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time was fulfill, fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean if you have something at hand? Does that mean you see it? You have it? Or is it way out there? No, it's right here. You have it in your hands. The kingdom of God is at hand. So what do we need to do? Receive it. Believe it. Receive it. It's at hand. It's right here. And the word means that it's continuing to be here. It's, it's a two-tense word, you know. It is here, and it's going to continue to be here. So praise the Lord. That's, that's an exciting thing. Doing God's will is really the best way to live. The absolute best way to live. There is no other way that is better than God's way. It just isn't. Sorry about all you that don't think that way, but that's the way it is. God's way is the best way. Scripture says in Acts 13, 36, For after David had served his generation according to the will of God, he died and was buried. He served his generation well. Now, was David a perfect man? No, David made a lot of mistakes in his life, didn't he? We could pick out a number of things that David did that were wrong. But you know what? God said, you know that David guy? I really like him. I really like him because I know that his heart is set on my heart. David desired to do the things that God wanted him to do. He made a mistake. You and I make mistakes. But God is so great and so wonderful that he is willing to come and forgive us of our mistakes that we make in life. Praise God. If he wouldn't be doing that for me, I couldn't be standing here and preaching to you. You probably wouldn't be here either if you wouldn't have been forgiven for some of the mistakes that you made. So, we praise God for all the good things that he's done in, li are in my life, in your life, and in all of our life. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, do I really want God's will to be done here? Do I really want God's will to be done? Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I have a desire to see things done that way. The way that God does them in heaven, that's the way he wants to do them here on this earth. And he wants you and I to be included in doing that. What a blessing to serve our God.
And it's again coming back to what Jesus, Jesus said. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Now, are we supposed to ask God? Uh, or uh, ask for ourselves? I'd like to take you to John chapter 14. If we would uh, look at at the example that that uh, Jesus is is giving, you know, in chapter thirteen, we find them at the Last Supper, and we find in this chapter that that Jesus talked to 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 the disciples, and uh, that he shared the bread with them. He ate the Lord's Supper. And he washed the disciples. They had communion, and they washed the disciples' feet. And that, uh, he said that if you love me, then this is something that you should do. And then he commenced to say this. It's a, it's a new era. It's a new thing that is going to happen here. And you, up to this point, you have never done it before. Never. The disciples have not prayed like that. But this is then the way that you should pray. And he said, in, I believe in chapter 14, that if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. How do you like that? Jesus' name. You just need to pray in Jesus' name. And he said, I will do it. Because you come to the Father, and you can go directly to the Father now. Through Jesus. If you come through him, I will do what you ask for. <coughs> Verse 13 of chapter 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, there's, there's another test. Are we praying so that the Father would be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. If you shall ask anything in my name. I will do it. Wonderful things. I thought I had some more. Uh, scriptures in, in chapter 15. You have, if you abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of, except, of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Amazing. And if you go over into chapter 16 in verse 23. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, I, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask in my father's, ask the father in my name, he will give it unto you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. You can be talking to God and asking him for things, and you'll get so filled up with joy that if you don't get it out, you're going to hurt yourself. That's all there's to it. That joy that's within you. It'll be, you'll be so full of joy. It's amazing what the Lord will do. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to continue to learn this Lord's Prayer in a, in, in a, in a new way, maybe. In a new way. I'm sure that we've studied it. We've gone, some of us grew up going to Bible school, and in Bible school you learn a lot about the earlier grades, anyhow, about the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to continue this. I'll continue using this subject of the, the Lord's Prayer and trusting that it'll bless all of us as we uh, work through this together. In closing this then, thy, thy kingdom come. When you want a kingdom, when you have a kingdom, you need someone. It means that someone has to be king, and he rules over the people. So the question that I'm going to ask you today is, is Christ your king? Is Christ your king to the extent that you talk to him before you go to bed? You talk to him the first thing in the morning. You talk to him through the day, and the king wants to rule. He is in control. Now, the question is then, do you really want this king to be, be controller in your life? Do you want him to control everything? How about when things go bad or sour on you? Is he still king of your life? Or if you've really had a bad day, like the women would say, a bad hair day, you know. Uh, I don't know what the men say, just a bad day, you know, I guess. But is he still king? When things don't go the way that you thought they should? Do you allow yourself to get mad and upset over situations? Showing that Jesus isn't really king? What do you do when you really want something? Well, I, I really want it, but I'm, I'm just a little bit embarrassed to ask God for this. You know, I don't really know if God really wants me to have this. You know, I got to think about this a little bit, you know, to see whether it's really God's will. Does that show that Jesus is king in your life when we do that? I don't think so. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. God and Father, this morning we come to thee and acknowledge that things are different in our life and in the world than what they used to be. And today, most of us have come to the place of repentance in our life where we told you that we were sorry for the way that our life was going and we wanted you to come in and be our king and you did 
And we confess that, yes, we have made mistakes since that day. But we are so glad that you've forgiven us. You've set our goals right. You've helped us to make decisions that are in accordance with your will. And I would pray this morning if there's someone or more than one person in here that does not have his life in, in your way, Father. He has not yet turned everything over. There are certain places in his heart, in his or her heart, that are still reserved for personal things, for personal attitudes. And, and maybe sometime down the road, I'll, I'll make that decision to go all out for the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe someday I'll go to Africa, or I'll, I'll do this, or I'll do that. Or maybe we even question, Lord, if you do this for us like Jacob did, then we will follow thee. I would pray this morning, Father, if there are people on the, on the teeter-totter, they just don't know for sure which way it's going to go, would they this morning be able to say yes to God? I want your will no matter what. I, with my will, will serve God. May that, those people say that this morning. We thank you, Father, for speaking to our hearts and our minds and helping us to see the good news of the gospel and to be assured that when we ask that you will give it to us, when we have the story, if ye then, as parents, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children when they ask, and you tell us that we don't, when they ask for a certain thing, we don't give them a snake or or we, we don't give them something contrary, but we love to give good gifts, and so our Heavenly Father does for us. Thank you, Father, for that. Help us today to be in tune with that very thing, with God working in our life. Search our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.